This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. Brian Lilly in for Lowell Green once again today. Yes, you're stuck with me for another week. Welcome aboard the Island of Sanity. Uh, Brian Lilly from TheRebel.media. And there's a lot of local stories we could talk about today, and maybe we'll get to those in the second hour. Yeah, we could talk about the, the complaints that the Royal Swans cost too much money. I'm a fiscal conservative. That's not something I'm overly concerned about. Uh, we could talk about the fact that on my walk from the bunker, passing by giant trucks filled with logs still in downtown Ottawa, and we still don't have a bridge, we don't have any movement on it, because there's 50 layers of government all stopping the bridge. And everyone, of course, has nimbyism as well. We talk about the Red Blacks defeating my Tiger Cats again on the weekend. That doesn't make me happy. Thankfully, Notre Dame did win. But where I want to start today is the issue of rebuilding the conservative party, rebuilding the conservative movement. And I've got a special guest in the studio with me today, uh, a woman who I got to know years ago when she was still a progressive conservative. And perhaps you've heard over the years or over the last few weeks, I mean, not years, but you've heard that there's a big divide between, well, those old reform types and the more sophisticated red Tories, the the PCs. They're the good guys in the minds of the media, not the Harperites. And I've been saying for a while now, this is garbage. This is not a divided party except in the eyes of the media. Even Ron Ambrose doing the media rounds this weekend The new interim leader asked about this divide. No one ever asks a liberal leader about the divide between the socialists inside their party, and yes, they have some, and the blue liberals. There are business-friendly liberals and there are socialists. How How do you bridge that divide? Nobody ever asks that. Everyone wants to talk about the divisions in the conservative party, divisions that I think are overplayed and exaggerated. So our special guest this morning is Little Marjorie from Manatic. Uh, Marjorie LeBreton, who has uh, retired from the Senate last year. Fourth of July this year. Fourth of July. My personal Independence Day for the Senate. (laughs) But someone who has been around Parliament Hill since, maybe, do you want to say? 62. Since 1962. You served under Diefenbaker, Stanfield, Clark, Mulrooney, Clark, (laughs) Harper. Right. So you've got a fair bit experience in this. Yes. And you were at the Mulrooney dinner last yes. week, the yes, Albany Club. That, again, being played up as division, turned out he, he was not divisive at all in no. his comments. No. Tell What was that like? Well, it, it's it's true. Uh, and I read Tasha Kierden's uh, comments about that there was 500 people in the room and there was actually 1,700. And it was all old uh, red Tories or former progressive conservatives, which was absolutely false. Um, it was actually, uh, there was a huge audience, and it was made up of many uh, people from the Conservative Party, including the, uh, John Walsh, our president. Uh, but, of course, Tasha and a few in the media want to keep this uh, great divide going. But the fact is, Brian, there is no great divide. And the Conservative Party, uh, and as I think one of the columnists wrote in The Sun a few days ago, the Conservative Party owes a great deal to Stephen Harper because this, uh, this Conservative Party exists today because of the foresight of Stephen Harper and Peter McKay in, in, putting, uh, in putting the party back together. 
And uh, so I, uh, and you know, I sat in the caucus. I sat in the caucus of Stephen Harper, and, and I was one, as you well know, that fought very hard to save the old progressive conservative party. Mm-hmm. But when I was a progressive conservative, the progressive part of the party uh, was not the new definition. For if the new definition of progressive um, had applied when I was a progressive conservative, I wouldn't have been a progressive conservative mm-hmm. because a progressive conservative to me was, you know, progressive advocating advocating uh, pro- progress, change, improvement. It was not the uh, the old original uh, progressives, which ended up being liberals and NDP actually from the old progressive party way back in the 20s and 30s, which was basically a protest party out of the West and the United Farmers of Ontario, mm-hmm. and they ended up basically with the NDP and the Liberals, and we kept the name. But so I, you know, I'm, uh, I, have all, I didn't see progressive conservative as an oxymoron, uh, but I certainly would now if the new uh, definition of progressive uh, applied. Uh, but the way progressive is defined now, I don't think it goes together. Even, no. even the old progressivism, I mean, the, the fact that the party had the name is an anomaly. Yeah, right. it, it was a con- condition of John Bracken in 1942 deciding to lead the party That's when right. no one else would. That's right. And he said, "Well, you have to call it Progressive Conservative because right. he'd been the Progressive Premier of Manitoba." That's right. People people think it was a merger of parties. No. It wasn't. It was one guy. That's right. And, and we, we and his kept, followers didn't come with no, him. No, we kept the name, but not the people. Yeah. The people went back, and basically a lot of the old progressives in, from the West ended up being C- the CCF, which was the forerunner of the NDP. All right, so uh, 521 Talk, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. I'm going to keep speaking with Senator LeBreton for a little bit, getting ideas on, on what's really going on and what needs to happen. But if you want to join a conversation on what the Conservative Party needs to do with someone who is still better connected than anyone else I know, then call in, have your say. You you want to harass her or us about the Senate? You know, go somewhere else. But if you want to talk about constructive ideas, five two one talk five two one eight two five five or star five eighty on Bell Mobility. Uh, as I say, I think this idea of divisions being driven by a media narrative, I don't think it exists. Brian Lilly in for Lowell Green on the Lowell Green Show. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. is home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. Brian Lilly in for Lowell Green, and we will get to your call shortly. I'm with, I'm still calling you Senator, by yeah. the way. You're yeah. retired, but yeah. Senator Marjorie LeBreton, uh, a woman who, when I first met her, was in mourning. <laughs> over the merger of the progressive conservatives and the conservatives. She was one of those people. And and we hear still that there are so many of those people. And I keep saying, no, no, they're not. But people don't believe me. So I thought I'd bring in Marjorie Lou Breton to talk about what, this, this fake divide. So you did not want the parties merging. You didn't want Stephen Harper as your leader. And now I don't know that there's a bigger Stephen Harper cheer, cheerleader. How'd that happen? Yeah, well, I won't quote Catherine Clark when she said called me a political animal, and I just follow whoever's there. Actually, I am um, on this very radio station. Yeah, by the way. I, I may uh, remember that. Yes, <laughs> uh, the um, uh, actually I fought very hard to save the old PC party, uh, but it became very obvious to me that we were not <clears throat> we were not going to survive. We had no capacity to attract candidates. We had no capacity to raise money. And it was very clear we were dying on the vine. And I was more motivated by 
uh, ed ending this long-term liberal rule in Ottawa, in, uh, in Ottawa and Canada. So I decided I'd better have a little chat with myself. And, uh, I, and I realized that I was being influenced by others and not what I, I thought personally, although I fought very hard with the, the Progressive Conservative Party. And so when it came time for the merger, I, um, I supported the merger. Then I started going to the newly merged caucus, and I started to watch Stephen Harper. And, Stephen Har and, and I suddenly realized that this new merged Conservative Party was exactly the same party that I had been involved with back in Diefenbaker's time, Stanfield's time. As a matter of fact, there was probably more radical thinkers in the Stanfield era and in the so Diefenbaker era than when, when Stephen Harper took over. People will... Um, look, it, my, my criticism often of Conservative parties is that they're not conservative enough mm -hmm. in terms of what they do when they're in power. Uh, but... Using rose-colored glasses, a lot of people have tried to paint the Mulroney, and that would be my criticism of Mulroney years and the Harper years and mm -hmm. Diefenbaker, that you know, more action should have been done. And I think in hindsight, everyone always goes, oh, you know, I wish we could have done that, but we were busy with something else. But th there's an attempt to repaint the conservative history as, well, they're also genteel and, and just essentially liberals in blue ties back in those days. You were in the Mulroney caucus. Yeah. You were around for... For Diefenbaker and Stanfield, there were some really right-wing members of caucus. Absolutely. And they, and they were not shunned. Absolutely not. And, you know, I think of the Dan McKenzie's and the Bill Doms and people back in the Stanfield and Diefenbaker era and the Stanfield era and in the Mulroney era. And, and the fact is, the fact is the Conservative Party is a, is a big tent party. You know, there comes, you know, you have to be pragmatic. You, you, you cannot lead where people will not be led. So the party, the party, uh, obviously, uh, when we govern, we uh, we govern uh, we govern according to the uh, according to what we believe uh, is the right way to go, and also that what things that people will support. But the fact is, you know, I as a, I, I actually um, I'm a pro-choice, not overly mo religiously motivated conservative. I'm a fiscal conservative. I stand. I strongly support strong uh, law and order issues. But I was totally comfortable in the Conservative Party, um, especially under Stephen Harper, because there was room for all of us. I would have fought to the death for the right of the pro-lifers to have their point of view, because if I'm allowed to have my point of view, certainly they are and as yet, well. We, we've got a woman, she was on The Insiders as a guest when we had her, and she writes for The Citizen and elsewhere, and said that, People that have pro-life views shouldn't be allowed to run for parliament. Well, that's she, she thought the conservatives should be voted out just because you allow that. The liberals used to allow that. The New Democrats used to exactly. allow that. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I thought when Justin Trudeau uh, excluded people from having a, a, a position of more of the, on their own moral beliefs, that I thought that was that was that was a terrible thing to do because. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. It's, and you know, I remember especially on something. Well, so you know, and, and I remember one time before the parties merged, and it was the Canadian Alliance, and Ralph Klein uh, spoke at at the at their conference here in Ottawa. And I paid great, I paid attention to everything they were saying, obviously. And Ralph Klein uh, gave some great advice to the party. He said, uh, "Political parties and uh, cannot be the moral compass of the populace. People will follow their own moral compass." And so I felt very comfortable in the Conservative Party, uh, and I had no problem 
uh, and I have had great friends in the Conservative Party. Stephen Woodworth comes to mind uh, be and, uh, because I respected his right to have his strong views, but he also respected my right to have mm -hmm. my strong views. So, and we survived in this big blue tent. So is there such a division right now among the old red Tories, as we keep being told, and the Harperites that this party can't come back together? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, if you look at the caucus, the caucus that was uh, before before the election and also after, 85% of the people in that caucus would have been very comfortable in the old progressive conservative party as it was then defined, not the new Yeah, not the new term uh, exactly. progressive, yeah, exactly. which is, it's, you know, I... I keep trying to explain to people that uh, those you can't put those together. No. So no. Um, where does the party need to go then? I mean, we're <clears throat> we're hearing uh, an awful lot of revisionist history. I think. Well, absolutely. Um, Armchair quarterbacks. Yeah. Which everybody can do on a Monday morning. Exactly. And um, but where does the party need? to well, go? Well, you know, when you look back at the election campaign, we ended up basically where we started around 30. Well, a little bit ahead of where we started, 32% so, uh, of, the, of the popular support. Now, it's interesting, Brian, when we, won the, um, when we won our majority in May of 2011, the left and a lot in the media um, immediately said we were not a legitimate government. Oh, I remember the term <coughs> being used, a narrow majority. Yeah, and 61% of the Canadian public did not vote for the Conservatives. Well, guess what, Brian? 61% of the populace did not vote for Justin Trudeau's liberal. He actually got so less of, of sudden, he got less of the popular vote. Yeah, I'm you know, it's, the, pre, it's pretty close. It, it is uh, but it's, it's very I small doubt but very we much got less. we're going to hear the argument now mm -hmm. that 61% of the population didn't support the liberal government. Oh, I make that argument every day. Yeah. Well, we won't hear it. <laughs> we won't hear it maybe from you, but we won't hear it. But but so I think from for the Conservative Party, look, we are starting um, kind of this whole renewal and reflection uh, from a very strong, uh, from a very strong, uh, from a very strong place. We have 32% of the vote, we, so our, our base, and our base is very strong, and our base includes people like me, who are former progressive conservatives. We have money in the bank. Uh, we have, uh, except for Atlantic Canada, we've got uh, representation all across the country. In Atlantic Canada, we do have some very good senators, and our senators are part of our national caucus. They weren't kicked out, mm -hmm. like Trudeau kicked out the Liberal senators. And, and the notion that he kicked out the Liberal senators because he didn't want the place to be partisan, like anybody that buys that, I've got a swamp in Florida for sale. Excellent. He kicked them out because he saw, he knew it was coming because we had brought in all these changes of exposing senators' expenses, and we had, uh, uh, we had called in the Auditor General. Exactly. That's All why right. he kicked the liberal senators out. Do you want to have your say? Uh, are you able to stick around for some yeah, calls? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so after the news, we'll get to um, anyone that's calling in. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. How do you rebuild the Conservative Party? Where does it go from here? And uh, if you want to talk about this fake, fake divide between the progressive conservatives and the conservatives, you can call in on that as well. We've got a special guest in studio with us, a woman who has been around politics longer than most of you. Well, you've forgotten more about what happened on the <laughs> Hill than most of us will ever know. Marjorie LeBreton, former senator and former longtime conservative activist and partisan. 521-TALK, 521-8255. Brian Lilly from the Rebel.media sitting in for Ezra Levant here on News Talk 580 CFRA.
Did I say Ezra Levant again? I spent the weekend with Ezra. I'm filling in for Lowell Green. You don't want Ezra on this station. This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. Here's Brian Lilly. And I will say that I'm sitting in for Lowell Green this time. I'll get his name right. I don't know who would be more offended at that comparison. Because just before the break, I said, I'm sitting in for Ezra Levant. Like I said, I spent the weekend with Ezra. It's on my mind. You know, would, would he be more offended at being compared to Lowell or should Lowell be more offended? Maybe we'll open the lines on it's that later. It's a, my special guest in studio, Marjorie LeBreton, longtime uh, conservative staffer, activist, partisan, and recently retired senator. She's here to talk with us about this fake divide between the old Red Tories and the Harperites about where the party needs to go from here. And she's willing to stick around and take your call. So if you want to have your say about where the Conservative Party should go, we're looking to give hope today. We're looking to build to to move on. You want to have your say? 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility, or 1-800-580-2372 if you're calling in from out of town. Robert in Ottawa, you're on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. Yeah, One thing that uh, with the major problem we have right now, you said it before, is the mainstream media. Until they change their image and they start telling the truth, it's going to be pretty hard to put a positive image on the Conservative Party of Canada. There are ways to go around that, though, correct, uh, Senator? Yeah, but, you know, uh, it is true what he says. I've worked on a lot of campaigns going back to, well, 1962 when I started working for the party with John Diefenbaker. I have never, ever seen a concerted effort by a, a whole host of people against uh, against uh, the government, but particularly the abuse that the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Stephen Harper, has taken, which is so unfair, and it's hard to take, uh, knowing him as well as I know him. But uh, it, it, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what the solution is. I think there are some media who uh, are... Um, uh, are uh, you know, favorably disposed to nonpartisanship, uh, but, yeah, we've, but we've got people now that are, you know, we had a columnist the other day even questioning why there should be even a conservative party. I mean, this is ludicrous. But, but what, what happened in the Mulroney years for him to get two majorities? The press must have been on our side in that time. Well, actually, interesting that you should say that because there's a lot of revisionist history there as well. Uh, you know, and I, of course, uh, I, of course, I worked with Mr. Mulrooney, and I worked with all of us. Brian said earlier, the fact is that Brian Mulrooney won a massive majority in September 1984, and one year later, one year later, we were actually trailing in the polls, and uh, and the media, you know, the media had a, at first were very enthralled by Mr. Mulrooney. He spent a lot of time courting the media, but look where it got him. And uh, he, he, his nickname was Lion Brian. Yeah, and they, and he, 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 you know, undeservedly so, I would say. Absolutely, and I defended Brian Mulroney, uh, you know, when after after he left office because it was terrible. It, it, but people forget how he was treated. Go back and look at some of the media reports, even before the 1988 free trade election in the summer of 1988. Uh, Ed Broadbent and the NDP were leading in the polls, if you'll recall. Yeah. We were, we were kind of falling between second and third. 
In, in the uh, debate uh, of the uh, 1988 election, uh, we were perceived to have lost that debate. We fell significantly behind in the polls. But the difference, uh, the difference in 1988 was that there was an issue, and the issue was free trade. And people had to put aside their feelings because they were not very, they were negative at the time about Mr. Mulroney, and decide whether they wanted to go forward and support free trade. Free trade won us that election, and uh, within three months, uh, we lost a, a by-election in Alberta to the reform when people didn't have to um, vote have on to an issue. About, exactly. Quick, one last point. Yeah, I was going to say, quick, last quick thought, Robert. Any idea on where the party should go? Well, the, the thing about the Red Tory uh, operate, like my, my opinion is I think that the Harper at the end was too much of a Red Tory. <laughs> Why is it that every time the Conservative Party is in power, they have to please the left that much just to keep power? Why well, do they betray their principles? Yeah, actually, he did not. If you look at the if you look at the record of uh, uh, Stephen Harper and the Conservative Party, uh, the well, abortion, abortion problem. And well, but those are, those are issues, and the Prime Minister was very clear. Uh, uh, he was very clear from the very beginning that those were issues uh, that he did not uh, want to bring into the into the into the uh, legislature of Canada, and for well, good reason good. because they are very divisive, and on, on that issue. Uh, you know, half the people, you know, it's a, it's a clear divide, but one thing that was very clear and poll after poll showed it, most people did not want this issue debated uh, in Parliament. Uh, it, has to, it has to be debated, and the conservative way in the past has been that abortion shouldn't be paid by the public funds, and, you know, like, they should stick to their principles. I'll, uh, I'll say this, uh, Robert, you know, Senator LeBreton has said that she's pro-choice, and, and if you know me, you know that I am pro-life. But I'll defend Stephen Harper on this. I, I wish there were a couple of things like the Woodworth motion. I wish he had allowed that to go through. But when you look at uh, at certain issues, stop funding to international Planned Parenthood yeah. that was trying to push abortion in countries that do not allow it. They wanted mm-hmm. to use our money to circumvent laws in African countries. Um, and, and he stopped abortion from being part of the maternal and child health care um, program that he started because he said it's about helping children get to That's age right. five. That's right. and that instead, was the goal of the program. Of, and instead of throwing money around to all kinds of uh, NGOs, it was targeted money and the uh, child and uh, maternal health uh, initiative of the government were hugely successful. All right, Robert, thanks, <coughs> thanks for the call. Yeah. All right, we've got to go to Scott in Ottawa. Scott, you're on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly and Senator Marjorie LeBreton. Morning, Brian. Morning. Your quick thoughts. Um, my quick thought, and, and and I apologize. I'm going to be speaking a little bit of provincial politics more than federal, and I'm not sure if Marjorie LeBrecht can speak as well on that as, as she can on the federal side. But my, I'm not worried about the provincial. Real quickly on, on the federal conservatives, I'm not I'm not worried that the, this past election was stacked so heavily against Harper. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what the conservatives did or what Harper did. Everything from Danny Williams in the East, mm-hmm. the media. Uh, unions, the whole whole thing across the country. Nine years in office, I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about a divide or anything. My concern, most most, right now is is, is the next election for the Conservatives, which is the provincial one, and how badly the, the the Conservatives have blown the last three elections, the Conservative elections. So I think the Conservatives need to focus on that and how they can help the provincial, specifically for me, the the Ontario Conservatives run a better campaign. They've blown three in a row that should have been handed to them. Well, <clears throat> I'm I'm, all, I'm I'm also a very avid supporter of the con- uh, of the provincial party, and I, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the last the last three campaigns were a huge disappointment. But I, but I point out 
And when you look at the when you look at the strength of the unions and the uh, how they contributed not only the, they contributed to the defeat of Tim Hudak. Now, mind you, he helped uh, helped it along himself to a, a great deal, and so did John Tory before him. But uh, I, I actually in Ontario, and I think that is one of the things. And, and even when you look at the results of the federal election, even though we we didn't do uh, very well in Ontario, we had we had um, I think ten or twelve. Uh, members of parliament in Ontario who um, actually increased their vote from the uh, time of the 2011 election but lost the election because of the spectacular collapse of the NDP. So there was a lot of uh, solid base support for the Conservative Party in Ontario. And I can, I can assure you, Scott, that I haven't, and I certainly saw a lot of them at the dinner uh, for Mr. Mulroney on uh, Thursday night, uh, they're one and the same, and they they realize our next challenge is to get rid of Kathleen Wynne in Ontario, and I think you'll see a lot of effort um, by federal conservatives and provincial conservatives because they are one and the same. Uh, just you know, the, there's the the odd red Tory uh, that perhaps didn't support us, but they didn't support us ever. Joe Clark, if you'll remember, back in uh, 2000 and uh, during the 2005-2006 election, he urged people to support. The devil they knew, Paul Martin. I think he did the same in '04. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I, I can assure you, and uh, most of us, and myself included, are going to do everything we can to help uh, Patrick Brown defeat uh, Kathleen Wynne. Thanks for the call, Scott. Thank you. I'm Brian Lilly, sitting in for Lowell Green, way on vacation. He'll be back soon, and uh, we'll be back soon. I'm sitting in with Senator Marjorie LeBreton, talking about where the Conservative Party needs to go to build. Your calls are welcome. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to Lowell Green on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. And Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. I'll be here for the rest of the week, but today joined by a special guest, Marjorie LeBreton, little Marjorie from Manatech. <laughs> Sounds like a low lad there, doesn't it, for well, SunTech Tomatoes? I've been in Manatech for a long time, yeah. 1974. We, we actually, uh, when, when we actually started connecting and talking, I think part of it was because you were in Manatech and, uh, and I lived down the street from your family farm on Leitrim back yeah. in those days. So. Yeah, my, my mother's family, yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and it was like, hey, Southenders. <laughs> Marjorie LeBreton here to talk about uh, where the Conservative Party can go, what the last election was like, and this whole fake divide between Red Tories and Harper Conservatives, because she's worked with everyone from Diefenbaker to today. Before we get to, to Eli waiting on the phone, um, quick thoughts on Ronna Ambrose. Actually, I was very pleased for Ronna, and I, I, I actually didn't predict that she'd win because I thought, because I thought being from Alberta, it might have been... Uh, Tough for her? Yes, but uh, yeah, Rana is a, she's a very smart, very open, very um, engaging person. The caucus, very extremely well liked in the caucus, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think uh, it's a big job. But uh, I'm uh, I'm sure she's up to it, and I know we've got a lot of solid caucus members and a lot of new elected members, and uh, I'm I'm and I think uh, and I'm one of those who think we should take our time. Uh, selecting a new leader, I think two in two years uh, it would be, uh, you know, a lot to allow a lot of people to get into the race because it's going to be a very, uh, very exciting uh, event because we were a solid party, solid, solid membership, and uh, and we clearly have to reach out and get that extra eight percent of the vote, 
And uh, so I think it's going to be very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, maybe I'll ask you some more thoughts on leadership at the end. Right now, though, Eli in Ottawa, you're on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. Yeah, good morning. Um, so what I heard from, like, I didn't listen to your entire uh, show this morning, but what the gist of it is that uh, you're talking about how the media favors or left wing or how it, or how it was brutal over um, Stephen Harper and that, that, that's not the whole gist of it. it you obviously no. haven't been listening, well, but I it has thought. been that's it has been discussed. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I want to ask the senator, if I could, is uh, you know what do you make of if so? I mean, the CBC would uh, be considered left wing by many conservatives because um, that's what I hear all the time. Um, I don't think they're. I don't think they're biased. I don't think they're left wing because if you look at uh, the, at uh, Rex Murphy and how many times he brutally disgraced and humiliated Justin Trudeau over and over and over, and he wrote articles about him in the Ottawa Citizen, just giving him no credit whatsoever. Um, and also, when you talk about uh, when you listen to uh, documentaries on uh, on the CDC or. Uh, if they're trying to talk about a major issue, they always invite conservative MPs, Pierre Polyev, Jason Kenney. Mm-hmm. Um, they always give them just the same amount of time to talk. They don't humiliate them afterwards, like what I hear on CFRA. Afterwards, you get people calling in humiliating, and even the host humiliating the guests that they had. Maybe not immediately after, but they will humiliate them down the road. Okay, I'm going to stop you there, Eli, because I don't think you listen to CFRA, because I I don't hear hosts on this show humiliate anyone. Steve Maidley doesn't, Lowell Green doesn't. That's the actual issue, then. You want to uh, tell me why Rex Murphy is allowed Okay, first off, Rex Murphy is no longer with the CBC. Oh, okay, but so that is everything I said? Does that dismiss what I said? Uh, no, I said all the articles and all the reports and all. The- OK, so Eli's on hold because I said, firstly, Rex Murphy is no longer with CBC and he wouldn't let me say secondly. Let's bring him back on. Eli, you still there? Do I yeah, get I'm do I get to, do I get to make a second point? You you asked me to respond. OK, so Definitely. firstly, Rex but Murphy. You but you didn't finish the first point. But OK, because you won't let me speak so I can put you on hold again or we can talk. Firstly, Rex Murphy is no longer with CBC. Secondly, one person does not negate an entire network's worldview, which the former head of CBC English, Richard Sturzberg, wrote in a book was left of center, anti-business Toronto centric. Former, and this goes back decades, Doug Fisher, former CCF and NDP member of parliament, complained about it in the 60s about CBC's downtown Toronto, downtown Montreal bias. Uh, that Why are you going back? Why are you going back to the 60s? I'm saying like, that this. 2015. I'm saying it's been going on for a long time. I'm just okay, giving so you some you, context. Let's talk about Rex Murphy. Let's talk about Rex Murphy. You oh, you hate that, that no they have one CBC? conservative on CBC. Yeah. Well, oh. first of all, Eli. Uh, Eli. Uh, first of all, um, and uh, you, you talk about you talk about the attitudes. You know, there has been some terrible things said about the prime minister which absolutely are not true. And I invite you to ever to find one, things yeah, one example. I, I invite okay. you to find one example of where Stephen Harper has ever been disrespectful of anyone, much less his political opponents. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think uh, with the CBC, I think our government took, the, uh, took a reasonable approach to the CBC. Times have changed. You're right, it is 2015. People are getting their news from a lot of other sources. 
And with regard to Rex Murphy, he's been pretty tough on the conservatives at different times as well. But he, he Rex Murphy is an individual. Yeah, that's what you call. But he, but he's, but he's, you know, but he's being, he's being, he's being, uh, he's a very independent thinker. And I, I think on balance, on balance, if you look at the Conservative Party and you look at the treatment that we've received, going back to Stephen Baker, and I remember Norman DePaul, Norman DePaul with the CBC. Uh, the Senator, CBC. It's not treatment. It's called constructive criticism. It's called when you when you do something wrong and you hold to account for it. Well, okay. You know, I, I agree. I mean, with Eli, Eli, I, you know, the, the senator's been on the road with these guys. She's seen it happen as well. I've been in the scrums. I've never heard uh, a CTV senior reporter refer to a liberal party leader as creepy four times in the preamble and, to and, their question, and, and, and I have with Terry Molesky at CBC. Yeah, Thanks for the call, Eli. And also a, 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 a leading member of the CTV calling the prime minister a liar and a bigot well, or a racist. The media is one, uh, one bridge yeah. to cross, yeah. and um, yeah, I do love it that, that people that are never in the scrums, are never at the events, that don't see this happen continually tell me yeah. that there's no media bias. Look, we're open about where we stand here on CFRA, what, whether the host is left, right, center. We tell you, and you can agree or disagree, right? So I think that's a big difference. Senator, it's been great having you in. I wish we got to more calls. Well, uh, it's been a great pleasure to be here, and, and, uh, you know, and I just want to assure people that the Conservative Party is li- alive and well. Uh, I think Stephen Harper has done an amazing job. He's left a very healthy party. And to quote my favorite, Winston Churchill, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. And that's what the Conservative Party will be doing in the future. All right. Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. We'll be back again after the news at the top of the hour. You want to have your say on this? You can stay on the line. You can call in 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. We'll also throw out some other topics after the news at the top of the hour. Brian Lilly in for Lowell Green. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. Brian Lilly's sitting in for Lowell Green. That sound I picked up when I dropped by 24 Sussex Drive the other day. Actually, I was on Sussex. You know the roundabout they put in? Those were protesters from 350.org. They shut down a road in the middle of rush hour on a Friday. If you had to head to the East End and you use Sussex or any of the roads around there, it made your commute awful. Nothing happened to them. They were supposed to be arrested. If they refused to move, they refused to move, and the police did not move in. Um, I stuck around longer than I should have trying to get video of them being arrested. In the end, they were just allowed to march back down the road. But what they were chanting was, Keystone is deceased, next is Energy East. These guys feel emboldened by U.S. President Barack Obama's decision to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. Something that his cabinet and departments had approved several times, but he kept putting off because his Hollywood donors, his billionaire donors out of San Francisco, like Tom Steyer, said, no, you can't do it. Tom Steyer, by the way, the billionaire that helps fund much of the environmental movement, made his money in oil, became a billionaire through investing in oil companies and now campaigns against them 
to tell us how we should all live differently. Isn't that always the way? Anyways, one of the stories that you, you can call in and comment on, 521-TALK, 521-8255-STAR-580 on Bell Mobility. Energy East would take oil from the West, Saskatchewan and Alberta, bring it to refineries in eastern Canada. There's a local movement to stop it from going through because they want you to believe that any pipeline is dangerous and any pipeline needs to be stopped. They actually believe in a carbon-free world, a carbon-free economy, as they hold on to their iPhones and take video pictures of everything, not realizing that just getting that iPhone, never mind the manufacturer, requires carbon, requires oil-based products. 521-TALK, 521-8255, or star 580 on Bell Mobility. Catherine McKenna, the MP for Ottawa Centre, and the new environment minister in Paris to put Canada back on the world stage at the climate talks. Who knows what we're going to agree to? I am frightened about this. Also frightened about what's going on at City Hall as I read that we're facing a budget shortfall of $36.3 million this year. Deficits of $23.4 million next year and $24.2 million in 2018. City Hall, of course, not allowed to run deficits. Jim Watson led the council in voting for a rule that said if you propose adding on a new project, you've got to take away a corresponding project, something that costs money. That's something that the the Harper Conservatives actually brought in at the federal level as well uh, for regulations. If you want to bring in a new regulation, you have to take away a a regulation of equal size and complexity. What's going to happen at Ottawa City Hall as far as the budget? How big a tax hike are we going to be facing? You want to have a say on that? 521-TALK, 521-8255. Wayne in Nepean. My apologies, Wayne. We couldn't get to you while the senator was still here, but you have thoughts on the conservative election strategy. Uh, Thank you very much, Brian. Anyway, uh I just want to add, uh, I really miss you guys on uh, on TV, and uh, it's surprising how the slant of the news is, never shows up uh, the, the way it did on the Sun News Network. Anyway, uh, I come from a long line of political family, and uh, my brother was in law school in Nova Scotia back in the early 80s, and he was a strong NDP CCFer, and I can remember him telling me that the Liberals control the press in Canada. Because they do. <laughs> way back, you see. But what I wanted to do was uh, touch on the election and how come uh, the Tories didn't see it coming. I can remember two and a half years ago when Harper was in Europe and G7s and G20 meeting. I was having lunch with a, another guy, and I, I said to him, Harper better get his rear end back in Canada and start countering all this uh, selfies and all this publicity that that young Trudeau was, was drumming up. And, uh, and I even sent two emails to the prime minister's office suggesting this. And, and I, for, I just boggled that they couldn't see this snowball come. Well, I, I, I think they did to a degree, and that's why the Just Not Ready ads 
were were there, and they worked well, for a why while. Why didn't he call snap election, Brian? Because I mean, he wanted to, he wanted to stick to the fixed election date this time. I think. Well, I know, but the he, the, the press was all over him. If he if he had probably called a snap election, I'm sure he would have ended up at least with a minority government. Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, possi- uh, possibly, I, but 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 you have to remember what happened in this last campaign. Trudeau wouldn't have won if the NDP did not collapse. Yeah. And the NDP voters decided that they didn't have the courage of their convictions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they gave him a majority. Maybe Trudeau would have won a minority. Maybe the Conservatives would have won a minority. But would yeah. the NDP collapse like that? Well, you know, I watched a couple of the debates. The first debate, I, w- I was shocked that he, Harper, allowed to be shouted down by a 39-year-old guy with absolutely no experience. I, uh, I agree he could have been much and more aggressive. Why a man with his experience wasn't able to say to the moderator, look, uh, you know, uh, I'm willing to participate in the debate, but, uh, you know, you're going to have to give me time to, to say what I have, and I, I, I don't respect being interrupted. Yeah, like like I was. It, it was just terrible. That and uh, you know, I heard. Uh, I watched Steve Pageon about three weeks before the election. There was a a, a, a conservative strategist talking to Steve Pageon, and he was actually saying, "We're running a real good campaign." It, it's the same uh, the Ontario election. I heard one before the election saying oh our we're hudak is running a great campaign they always say that it's like well, baghdad I, bob saying that there's no americans as the tanks roll behind them you always uh, say Bri- that brian between you and i a guy with harper's experience who has been on the world stage built up canada's reputation had the economy stabilized if not doing very well and recognized for that, should have been able to pull the the rug out from under uh, a a part-time drama teacher with no experience whatsoever. I wish he had, Wayne. we got to run. We'll be back with more calls. Thanks for your call, Wayne. And Don, Joanne, we'll get to all of you shortly. I'm Brian Lilly, sitting in for Lowell Green. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to Lowell Green on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. The world is getting stranger. There's an app that you can get on your phone called Tinder that is disturbing enough. Tinder allows people that are registered to get a notice when someone else on Tinder is nearby, and then they can have a random hookup. I think we all know what I'm talking about. Now there's a new app coming out called Rumbler. Rumbler will be like Tinder, except it's for people that want to fight. A story in the New York Daily News says, Rumbler is an app for recreational fighters to find and meet and fight other brawl enthusiasts nearby. According to the app's website, it encourages users to insult their matched opponents with this pop-up tip. Tell your match what you don't like about their picture. The fight's location and time is also publicly broadcasted to so other users can come and watch the melee. 
that la- that app launches today. So now you can be alerted when there's someone nearby that wants to fight you. You can be alerted when there's someone nearby that wants to meet you for other activities. Like I said, the world is getting stranger. Anne in Ottawa here on the Lowell Green Show. I don't have to look far for people to fight me. All I have to do is look for some liberals. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a wonder I haven't gotten a black eye by now. Um, I, I wasn't even going to call today, but I, I was smacking my head while I was listening to Eli. Oh, my God. I, 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 I cannot believe that guy, honestly. Um, talking about the media, for God's sake. And, and he had one person to point to. Oh, my Rex God. Rex Murphy. He's the... He was the freaking token conservative on that. so Who, they could who say, got on yeah. once a week yeah. on TV yeah. and once a week on radio. See, look at us. We're not biased. Meanwhile, my billion dollars is paying for people like Rose, what's her name, Rosemary Barton. I, I mean, she's relentlessly nasty to conservatives. Like, you can see it on, like, the body language, the expression on her face. It's, it's like... Eye-rolling. Oh, my God, and mean. Like, it's just totally different if she's talking to, to a conservative or if she's talking to a, a liberal. It, it's just uh, only people who are liberal are the ones who say there's no bias because they agree with it, right? New Democrats will tell you there's a media bias. Yeah, are you serious? They will, for mm. the liberals. Oh, brother. But, uh, so even, I mean, even they recognize that the media yeah. loves the liberals. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even, I've even heard media people say there's no bias. And I'm like, um, my eyes roll when I hear that. Like, my God. Like, do you think we're stupid out here in listener land or what? But, oh, um, apparently. I, I mean, but, but, you know, it's amazing. I, I think Harper is the most fantastic prime minister we ever had. And... It's amazing he got as much of the vote as he did, considering all the opponents he had. He had all the media, mostly all the media, and he had even Obama was putting money into fighting him, like because he wanted him gone. He couldn't Obama, stand him. I don't know about money, but Obama well, operatives did come to Canada and worked on the campaign. And you just know that if there were Republican operatives working on Harper's campaign, well, I mean, there, there was the one Australian who even said he wasn't on the campaign, and we had days and days of stories about Linton Crosby. But the, where were the stories about Obama's team working for Trudeau? But, I, like, I so agree, and I have so much respect for Marjorie LeBreton, so much respect. I, I so agree with what she said. The comments were so unfair. I mean, I even heard someone, I'm not going to mention their name, but they're from Bell Media on election night, ranting that Harper was the most dishonest man he, he ever knew or whatever. I, I mean, I couldn't believe that. And yeah. this was after the man lost. It was so unfair. I mean, I, I couldn't believe someone in media well, would actually do that and expect to be taken seriously. Now is the time to move forward. Ron Ambrose is leader, interim leader. We'll see what they come up with on rules for full leader later on. And thanks for the call. Okay, bye. Don in Ottawa. You're on the Low Green Show with Brian Lilly. Yes, uh, Brian. One point I wanted to make is um, my wife works for the civil service, and she uh, had mentioned to me that the civil service union is extremely biased towards the liberals and against the conservatives. As a matter of fact, as soon as Justin uh, got elected, they sent everybody an email saying, if you want to congratulate our new prime minister with a big heart, you hit the button and said, Justin, I love you. And, you know, I mean, uh, congratulations. I, I don't know if you saw the video of... Foreign Affairs staffers, now called Global Affairs, because, you know, we're global citizens, 
they were cheering for Justin Trudeau. Scott yeah. Gilmore, who writes for McLean's and who is married to Catherine McKenna, our new environment minister and liberal MP for Ottawa Centre, even Scott Gilmore was pointing out online, way to make yourself look like just a bunch of liberal shills, which is what the conservatives had claimed you were. They, they were cheering for Justin. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember back, like, I, I ended my career in the private sector and joined the civil service back in 2006. Even when I, I got there, when ARP was already in power, like, all I could hear was anti-conservatism among, you know, the civil servants. Uh, 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 the union uh, didn't like them because they were uh, complaining they were going to do this, they are going to do that, make life harder. And even employees didn't like them. But uh, I think that the problem is, you see, they live in an unreal world. I mean, I know, having worked in the private sector and the public service, mm-hmm. that the public service is not a real world. It's sheltered. It is. Z. And, and living in that bubble, they realize that the conservatives came with a pin and they wanted to break the bubble and equalize things. But the liberals want to keep the bubble going. And uh, they're going to, like, you know, everybody's cheering now because, first of all, they complained, the union complained they were going to take away their, their uh, extra three weeks of um, uh, no questions asked, sick leave, and other things, and they complain continually with emails. I think that there should be a law against that. That's that's really a union acting. Well, that that's a, a topic for a whole show one day, John. The the, the labor reform that we need, but it is something I will take on. Well, one quick point. Yeah, got to run in a, in a private sector. If if a president of a subsidiary of a major corporation calls. The major corporation's president, a liar, he'd be fired immediately. Why wasn't that CBC president fired for making that comment and that accusation against Harper that he was a liar? Oh, when in the election where he said uh, why they Yeah, he should have been fired for that. I mean, Look, there's, to... there's many reasons that Hubert Lacroix should have been fired from that job, including double dipping on his expenses. He did the same thing that the, the senators who are in trouble for double dipping on expenses did. He, he claimed for things he wasn't entitled to to the tune of $30,000 and only paid it back when it started to be questioned and yeah. then refused to ask answer questions. So there's a lot of reasons he should have been fired and he wasn't. Um, you know, next time conservatives are in power, they have to lose their fear of well, the state broadcaster. Don, we're, we're up against the clock. Thanks for okay, calling then. in. All right. Bye. All right. Joanne in Orleans, Chris in Kempville. We'll get to all of you after the break. Brian Lilly filling in for Lowell Green. Also, you want to call in and talk about City Hall, you want to talk about the, the tax hike we're going to be facing at City Hall or about the, the climate change activists shutting down the road and getting away with it, celebrating the death of a good chunk of the Canadian economy? 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. Brian Lilly in for Lowell Green today. My son's been asking me, my oldest boy's been asking me for a while, why all the weird stories come out of Florida. And I said, what are you talking about? And he constantly was talking about how there's these weird stories and everyone makes fun of Florida for being weird. Then I noticed a friend of mine, Dana Lash, who hosts a radio show down in the States, has a segment on her show called Florida Man. And what she does is just read weird stories that happen out of Florida. And she never uses the guy's name. She just says, Florida Man did this. Well, here we go. 
Florida man showed up to the Mothers Against Drunk Driving conference in Fort Lauderdale so drunk that he could not even walk straight. Here's the problem. He was Officer Mike Segalis of the Pinellas, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department, and he was there to get an award. I don't think showing up to, drunk to a Mothers Against Drunk Driving function when you are a senior police officer is considered good form. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Back to the phone lines, Joanne and Orleans, you are on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. Morning. Good morning, Brian. I, um, I'm really pleased that you're bringing up this uh, aspect of conservatism, that the Red Tories will regurgitate over and over the same complaints and try to marginalize part of their own base, uh, which are the conservative Tories. I, I think the base, frankly, for the Harper government was half the country. It's silly to be parsing it out the way it has been done. Um, everyone votes like everyone else. So if we're under this big tent, this big blue tent, mm-hmm. then we're under the big blue tent. And we don't need the liberal Tories to conveniently push us out. The best analysis I read uh, was in iPolitics, uh, a publication I detest, but I have to read. Um, Ian Brody wrote it, and it was bang on. He said the conservatives don't have a religion problem. Canadians have a debt problem. And he opined that um, it's the fact that we've become more comfortable with debt. Um, Students and young adults are, are accustomed to their large mortgages and their student loans, And he asks, how is it even that debt is no longer a four-letter word in Canadian politics? And you and I are old enough to know when there isn't a government on the planet that would have um, campaigned on this, increasing the deficit uh, even 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 15 years years ago. ago. It's it's absurd. And yet this is where uh, Canadians are going. Or um, in spite of that, they voted liberal because we really don't know. I read a liberal analysis, um, and they, it explained uh, they, they can't take anything for granted. They said 32 ridings were won by 5% or less, and 29 ridings were lost by 5% or less. So it's not an overwhelming victory here. No, no, it's, it's not. no different than when Harper won his majority. And it's sad that the nation is so divided. And I think it's divided, frankly, because of what we think the other person means or what we think they want to do. Let's see how far to the left Trudeau takes us because God help us with this climate change agenda and his um, unfortunately rabid pro-abortion agenda. Let's just see what direction he takes us into economically well, and he socially. Did, he did run far to the left. Now, if, oh, anyone, yes. if anyone wants to um, to get Ian Brody's thoughts, you mentioned his article, uh, I interviewed him for, for The Rebel, and it's up on my Facebook page, facebook.com uh, slash Brian Lilly. did two interviews with him, one on the column that you mentioned and another on the return of the court challenges program, which the liberals have said they'll bring back, and that's where we, the taxpayer, fund left-wing activist groups to sue the government in court. Uh, and Ian had been influential in getting that killed back when he was the prime minister's chief of staff in 2006 to 2008. So you can well, check you those know, both out on, on my Facebook page. They're there. Um, but Brian, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if finally we can bring some things to court. If the Liberal government takes us in a certain direction, 
maybe the court challenges case could come well, from conservatives who are disenfranchised. But I you know, know the conservatives color... do need to learn how to sue yeah. and use the courts the way that, uh, that, that the left does. But uh, history would show that conservative groups will not get funding through court challenges. Yes, no doubt. But I simply want to point out that in those people who did vote liberal were also um, expressing a, a fundamental uh, displeasure with Harper's style and often just uh, in many cases just enough already 10 years in power is not necessarily a reflection of a policy or a change however it certainly was a reflection i think of his tone trudeau's tone versus harper's tone and many people have written about this and i think it's very important what the conservative party actually lead, needs now is a leader who is a communicator it wasn't all the policies. It wasn't everything that was wrong and, and that people were objecting to all the time. It really did have a lot to do with the salesmanship and lack of it. And this is where the party has to, to change. You need someone I, like Jason Kenney. I applaud him for how he moved um, the dial in, every time he was introducing something new, fundamentally different yep. to the country because he was a communicator, and they need more like him. All right, need to get to another call. Joanne, thanks for your call. Florence is in Montreal. Florence, you're on the Low Green Show with Brian Lilly. Hi, Brian. I want to comment first what a pleasure it was to hear Senator LeBreton again. It's so reassuring that such intelligent and reasoned comments have access to the airways, and many thanks to you for making them available. Not a problem. You wanted to comment on a couple of things she said. Uh, well, what I wanted to comment, the first thing I'd, I better say before I forget, I wondered if you heard about this book, Behind the Green Mask. It's a masterful survey of the environmental movement, which is really not about the environment, but using it as a vehicle for political, international political control. I think I interviewed the author. Did you? She's a long wonderful. Time ago. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember her name. It's something like Cordy. Yes. I, I missed her name. That, that was one thing. Yes. And the other thing, what about um, the former Prime Minister, Mr. Harper? How is he referred to now? Does the former Prime Minister, is he referred to as Honorable, Mr. Harper? Well, you, you still retain the title, the Right Honorable, and then your name. So the Right Honorable Stephen Harper, the Right Honorable Jean Chrétien. Uh, but, you know, we're not big on titles in Canada, so few people keep that, and uh, you would just be referred to now as uh, Mr. Harper or former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. He was such a marvelous Prime Minister. We all were terribly in his death and will be for many decades to come, and to think the things that they said about him, the political attacks on him, was sort of personal assassination, personality assassination with words. I couldn't get over the things they said about him. He was a, such, even the commentator here who was certainly not concerned, referred to him as a, as a fine gentleman. And I think that's, that's an understatement and a masterful prime minister that he was able to do what he did despite all the opposition. was just, we are, we're so lucky to have him there. Well, I, I got to, uh, to interview him eight, eight times, I think, maybe more, over the years and, um, and, and meet him on several occasions while covering him. Uh, a gentleman is a, is a fine word for him. Yes, he was a remarkable person. Has he moved into Stornoway yet? Is Stephen Harper? Yes. Uh, no, because uh, he's resigned as party leader, so Rana Ambrose will move into Stornoway as the interim oh, that's uh, right. leader and leader of Her Majesty's uh, uh, official, loyal official opposition. 
Of course. Sorry, I should have thought a bit longer about that. Yes, I think she will do a good job, but they they will never find any to replace Stephen Harper, I must say. That's my strong opinion there. All right. Florence, thanks for the call. We'll chat again soon. Thank I'm you. Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. You can find my material normally at therebel.media or on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Brian Lilly. And, of course, here all week on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to Lowell Green on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. Brian Lilly from the Rebel.media in for Lowell Green. Reading this story, headline, Refugee claimants care to be restored. The Liberal government will fully restore health care to refugee claimants in Canada, says Immigration Minister John McCallum. And it goes on to talk about how the Conservatives scaled back health benefits for new arrivals in 2012, covering basic care but not supplementary benefits such as vision and dental. Those changes came about after a series of stories that I wrote at the Ottawa Sun and other Sun Media newspapers across the country, pointing out that the care for even failed refugee claimants, people that have been told, no, you're not a refugee, get out of the country, that it was better than what Canadians could get from their own government. And so health care was not cut. The program was changed to mirror provincial programs. And so if there was a copay, you had to pay part of your eyeglasses or your eye exam, as we do here in Ontario, it was changed to match that. There were also things that were added, like getting basic surgery if you needed it. It used to be very restrictive on that. So it changed some things. It took away some things. It took away a gold-plated plan, but it improved other things. And getting surgery was very difficult under the old plan unless, this word keeps coming up on today's show and I don't know why, but unless it was abortion, you had trouble getting any kind of surgery under the old plan. And they changed it so that you could get surgery if you needed it. But they took away some perks. That was the big refugee health care protest and the claim that basically conservatives were leaving refugees out on the ice floe to die on their own. Uh, another case of people repeating things and not looking into what the facts are. It's frustrating, I tell you. We've got time for a couple more calls. Bob and Rockland, you're on the Low Green Show with Brian Lilly. Hey, Brian, how are you? Uh, doing very well today. Got a couple of problems. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've heard about the wind government and all the backroom deals they're doing with the uh, uh, unions. And they had the unions, uh, you know, do all kinds of stuff that, you know, back and forth stuff. And then all of a sudden we hear that they're paying them millions of dollars. Again, it's another uh, conspiracy. It's a good good money recycling program. Oh, my God. They, they do it constantly and constantly. I mean, how they get reelected. Uh, you know, uh, basically, I think that they're being reelected by Torontonians who, who think they're they're just like... They must be the gods of the heavens. Well, and, uh, you know, there's a little bit of that at the federal level with um, unions having paid Justin Trudeau ten to $20,000 per speech over the years, even while he was an MP. He then turned around and promised to get rid of uh, legislation the union bosses didn't like, but that union members did. And they turned around and spent millions to get Trudeau elected. Well, 
this is exactly what I'm talking about. When was the last time we had a government that had no billion-dollar scandals? When was the last time? Think about it. Now, if you go back to Martin... Stephen Harper. Uh, exactly. It's the only one. There was no billion-dollar boondoggles anywhere. There was only that stupid Senate thing. And, and people got all in, into that, and, and believe it or not... Uh, the Liberals played that up, and the NDP played that up to no end. $90,000 just because uh, the PEI uh, person, you know, didn't. But then again, when you look at it, it was the $200,000 that was taken by a Liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Oh, yes, he paid it back, but so did Duffy. Duffy's bill was paid back. There's no, no proportion on scandals. We're, you know, we're going to do all this stuff. And, I mean, it, it's so terrible. And, and just to prove it, just to show you how much Toronto hates us, okay, I listened to the news for the past uh, two days. Uh, I listened to it every morning um, on, on, on Canada AM and, and CTV and whatnot. And I listened to the news channel. They never even mentioned the Redbacks win. They never even do, mentioned do you remember it. They when never we, mentioned it. Not a mention of it whatsoever. Do you remember a couple of years ago, neither of the, the none of the national news channels included Ottawa in their national weather forecasts? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's terrible. And, and even today, if you look at it closely, and I do every morning, I watch Canada AM and I watch the news forecast before. I'm up at 4 o'clock every morning, so I watch everything right up till 6.30. And... They do not sometimes on their map. Ottawa is not even shown. <laughs> but not no, even no there. mention of the Red and Blacks. They didn't win. mention that the Ottawa Red Blacks won the Eastern, and they didn't mention that uh, a record was was broken. But they had all the scores for the Americans. I'm uh, I'm of mixed mind on the Red Blacks, but people know that because I'm I'm a Ticat fan. But I'm trying to cheer for the Red Blacks because I've lived here so long. You and know, I, I don't I, cheer I'm, for them. Myself, personally, I don't cheer for them. I, I'm I mean, torn. You know, I, oh. I'm an Ottawa Rough Rider fan. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, the old days. I'm 62 years old. and I'm. Well, just we're not so, going back uh, to the days of Bernie Filoni. But, you know, what's terrible about it is, is when you look at all the governments we have, even when Martin was, uh, not Martin, but uh, 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 for the Ontario uh, uh Oh, my goodness. Uh, Mike Harris? Mike Harris. Okay. When he was, everything he promised, he did, and he was still voted out. Yeah, it, and there was no conspiracies. There was no same thing with Harper doggles, there, though. There was no nothing. It same. seems to me that this country loves those who simply waste their money. Perhaps. Bob, thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. Howard in Ottawa. Last word to you, Howard. You want to comment on the Conservative election loss? Well, I guess it was only a matter of time before those who supported the Conservatives were going to blame Toronto for it all. <laughs> only a matter of time. <laughs> Especially if you're in Ottawa, blame Toronto. <laughs> they did win every seat. They took, they took new Democrat seats that no one fo- thought the NDP would lose. It, well, it is remarkable gosh. when you look at the map down there. Do you think that has anything to do with the Ottawa Rough Riders winning some hockey football games? No. I don't think so. <laughs> like, We're having a laugh there, Howard. I know you are. So like you're most, serious, most of the Most of the honest columnists I've read who are trying to be neutral, and a great many conservatives admit 
that the tone, and one of your callers referred to it earlier, of the conservative party was what is what's lost on the election. The seeming arrogance of Mr. Harper, he didn't treat people quite with contempt, but very nearly contempt. I mean, sending out people like Paul Calandra and Pierre Pauly Everett to enunciate, to enunciate government positions, that was just an insult. These pipsqueaks out there, it's, it's terrible. And that's nice why tone, I couldn't Howard. vote for him. They, just, he just, he couldn't care less. He, he, he just did care if it was unpopular. And the reality is that popular, popularism is demanded in politics, but he was above that. He was too good for that. He just wanted to do it his way. And regrettably, for a whole lot of us, including me, uh, we're all the losers for it. I hope you learned a lesson that you just can't go through life, particularly in politics, with the kind of air of arrogance that he showed to the whole country. Well, I don't know that I'd agree with you that there was a complete air of arrogance there, but I think that you know there's a lot to be learned from people that put forward they're better at communicating, whether it's Jason Kenney or Ronald Reagan or pick your example, and you can say it with a smile. That's what my friend John Robson always says, say it with a smile. I fully agree, and he didn't. All right. He didn't. We are out of time. Howard, thanks for the call today. Last word, as I said, goes to you. Well, not quite because I'm going to keep talking for a minute. Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. We'll be here all week for Lowell. He's away on vacation, enjoying himself, maybe getting a suntan and a Speedo. I don't know. We'll think about that. See, I'm making Dave's, you know, cringe in there. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow, though. Uh, You've got uh, Rob Snow later on today. You've got Rick Gibbons on the homepage and lots more here on 580 CFRA.